What a beauty! G'day, community. Welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Dog. A Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone out there. The team picker dropped this week. We've had a look at the players involved and Damo and I are just going to chat through some of the players that you should ponder in the back of your head while you're opening gifts and drinking beers and having merriment, etc. Damo, how are you? I'm good, Lek, and yeah, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays to our listeners. Um, hope you have a good festive period with your family and friends and uh, you're all safe and can join us in the new year. Agreed, agreed. We're going to get straight into this one, so we'll start by saying that this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Tis the season for clean balls, fa la 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 our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveways for safe travels this holiday season from stocking stuffers to gift exchange. Jizz, Manscaped's products at the top of everyone's wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the shampoo for your boo. Be the star of gift giving season and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using code JOCK. That's code J-O-C-K. 20% off plus free shipping. It's a whole bunch of stuff, Damo, that they have. There's the Platinum Package 4.0. There's the Shears 2.0, which is my favorite gift that they've sent us, which is their full kit of nail care, scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. Mine actually stays in my car, and I uh, trim my nails uh, probably at the red lights. I don't know if that's allowed, but that's what I do. Arrest me, coppers. Uh, I don't know if Manscaped wanted me to threaten the cops to arrest me during the ad read, but I've done it. It's Christmas. Why not? So get 20% off with free shipping with code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code JOCK, J-O-C-K, Manscaped, for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. It's not too late to get something. Damo, the team picker dropped this week. It did, and I'm trying not to touch my first draft because you and I both agree that our first draft is probably our best team that we're ever going to make. Generally, maybe a few rock, a few rookies might change, but I, I honestly think if you took our first drafts every year compared to what we end up going with, I, I reckon you'd end up doing way better with your initial draft. And I think it's because you probably take more risks and you don't get talked into by the group think into those, uh, those must-have breakout options. Yeah, and there's a few players who are on people's radars, especially in the mid-price bracket that everyone thinks is a bargain, but I'm of the opinion that if you don't see it, then don't talk yourself into it if you don't want to go down that path. Yeah, I agree. I, You know, sometimes we get swayed by the preseason games. There's only a couple this year. Sometimes we get swayed just by ownership, and sometimes the smart play is to pick a player that maybe you don't want as much because everyone else has him, so there's little risk. But if you want the edge, I really do think the first draft or two of your team are generally going to be your best. I know a couple of guys that listen to the podcast and use the website basically just 
tune in the day before the season starts and pick a team based on uh, the rookie cheat sheets and all that sort of stuff and generally do well. So just goes to show you don't need to keep tinkering. You can just pick a good side. So Damo, we're hoping we've done that. The first thing I want to go through, I think we'll go through position by position, Damo, and just look at players that we think are going to present be good selections. I think that's what we're looking at this this podcast, just players that we think are going to be good selections. So we'll start in defense, Damo. Sinclair, Sicily, Stewart, Doherty, Dawson are all over 600k each. Then you've got Hearn, Saad, Dale, Witherden, and Angus Brayshaw rounding out the top 10 in defense. Are you looking at any of these players? In my first draft, two players have made my initial team, which uh, Tom Stewart and Jordan Dawson. I know, Dog, that you can't legally pick any of these players, though. So I'm guessing you've started off with someone like Luke Ryan or Daniel Rich? Luke Ryan is my D1. Um, I may have to revisit this 550k rule. My issue, Damo, is I just don't think there's upside in the price of these guys at a 600k. I know they're all scored a lot of points last year. I just can't bring myself to spend over 600k on a defender when I think it's going to be a place where we find lots of value this year. How do you decide when you're paying for the points or you're paying for the coin? Because Tom Stewart and Jordan Dawson aren't a player that you're going to that you're going to use as a stepping stone to move to another player. So. At what point do you forget about the price that they're at and just go for the points that they're going to produce? That's a good question. It's a good question. I think they're both good selections. I would just rather invest my money into the midfield. Uh, So generally, I, I like players who are going to score lots of points. That's how you be good at super coach. But I just think this year we've got plenty of much cheaper defenders that we could generate cash from, which will allow me to over probably over-index in the midfield. Uh, so at this stage, that's what I'm doing. And look, it's not a hard and fast rule. It's not necessarily the right rule, but Sam Doherty last year was, what, sub 500K. Tom Stewart was cheaper. James Sicily was sub 500K. All these guys, Jordan Dawson was like 530K, 550K. Like all these guys were way cheaper I just feel like we can find that value again. The defensive line seems to be a place that I can find value. So here's a couple of names that I like off the bat without putting too much thought in. I like Luke Ryan at 530K. I like Mason Redman at 511K. I like Nick Dacos at 502K. And then I think there's a bunch of rookie price players we can pick in this in this line. Yeah, I like Nick Dacos. Nick Dacos is currently um, with Dawson and Stewart in my back line as my D1 to 3. And then I've kind of gone for a guns and rookies with my first draft. I've only got one or two mid-prices, depending on how you class a couple of players further down the field. So I'm trying to stick to a guns and rookies because going for for too many mid-prices kind of backfired for me last season. And um, those that held on held on strong with their guns and rookies um had very fast starts so i'm trying to hold on to that theory and trying to get the best players possible surrounded by rookies that are going to play but obviously it's december and we don't know who's going to play at this point well let's take a look at some of the the rookie priced guys that we could consider demo 
we've obviously done a few podcasts on this, so we don't need to drill down onto all these players specifically. But one that jumps out at me if he gets named is Nick Caulfield, 208000 or 209k heading into the year. There's plenty of upside in that price if he gets named. Then at 190k, 193k, Josh Goda. Damo played one game last year for North, defense mid-eligible, scored 70 in that game. He's currently my D3, and I like him as an option. I've been talking to some North Melbourne fans about him, but I don't know where he fits into the North Melbourne 22, and we don't have him in the 22 in our depth chart. So it really really comes down to where they decide to play him and if they decide to play him, because Obviously, uh, Clarkson has brought in Liam Shields, Daniel Howe, um, quite a few players from his Hawthorne regime. So will Josh go to get the opportunity to play? And at 192K, he's an attractive proposition, but how often will he play? Where will he play? What role will he have? Not in my team, but North Melbourne fans are very bullish on him if he gets a chance. It's a good question. There's a couple of teams, and with the shortened preseason, it's going to make it even harder. But there's a couple of teams that we just don't know really what to expect. But we can. he's on my list. He's in my team currently. And there's quite a few other players, Damo, that are, are going to be sub 200K. Now, I'm just going to run through a couple. And then I want you to give me some thoughts on them. Tom Cole, Ruben Jinby, uh, Andrew McPherson, although he, he got injured in the preseason, Jed Buslinger. Josh Weddle, Connor McKenna, Luke Cowan, Corey Wagner. There's just a few rookie-priced players that could have some serious uh, game time in 2023. Yeah, and you didn't even get low enough in the price sheet to, to mention Campbell Chesser and Corey Wagner as well as options. So they're all good options, and I think Ruben Jinby, um, out of the higher-priced Eagles rookies, is the better option out of the two that are there. Um, I'm not sure what role Tom Cole will have or if he will play. To be honest, I think he's more there for depth now with given uh, with how they've drafted and who they've got in their team. Connor McKenna, I think he's going to be a no-brainer. I think at 167K, he's going to completely come out of the blocks and be one of those players that you can possibly hold all season and he eventually turns into good bench cover, a bit like Paddy McCartan did uh, last season. don't think Jed Buslinger gets a chance straight away with the way... Um, Western Bulldogs key position stocks go. I really like the look of Josh Weddle. I think he's one that's going to fly under the radar and probably play sooner than we think. I don't know if round one is in the frame yet, but he's flying through all of Hawthorne's time trials and athletic testing. So he's one that's probably figuring into calculations pretty soon. And there's a couple other names we didn't mention. Charlie Dean, we've spoken about on past podcasts. Uh, I quite like, I don't know if he plays, you'll be able to tell me, but Hugh Davies had really good junior numbers in terms of super coach. Lockie Cowan probably doesn't play for Carlton, but might offer some value if he does. Uh, Bailey McDonald, who was drafted by Hawthorne. Like, it, the list is, I think, really deep for defense this year in terms of cash gen. Yeah, absolutely. And Jacob Ryan's another one at uh, Collingwood to look out for as well. So I think my strategy at this stage, it's too early to make final calls, but I think I'm going to be using, I don't think I'm going to be committing to the high price defenders. I think I'm going to be using the defense to kickstart my cash gen in 2023. 
Let's look at the midfield demo. Rory Laird comes in as the number one priced player, most expensive player this year at 703,000, 703k900, 703K averaged 127.8 last year, missed a couple of games because he came into the season a bit late. Clayton Oliver, Lockie Neal, Took Miller, Callum Mills, Marcus Bontebelli, Jack McRae, Christian Petrarca, Zach Merritt, and Andy Brayshaw round out the top 10 in terms of price. What primos are you looking at in the midfield? I've got the top two. I've got Laird and Oliver. I really like the look of Callum Mills. I think he's got another step to go in 2023. Um, Andrew Brayshaw, I think, can add another six points to his average like he has the previous two seasons. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then, outside of that, my M five position is probably the most fluid in my mind at the moment. I've got um, someone who will probably talk about pretty soon in Tom Mitchell there, but there's so many players that I've got in the running for that, and that's probably the position that I sacrifice if I need to find some cash to bolster some to bolster elsewhere. Yeah, for me, I love Rory Laird. I'm just not going to spend over 700k on him, but I don't begrudge anyone who does. I've got Clayton Oliver, of course, who is a little overpriced, uh, but you know, he's what had three or four back-to-back 120 plus seasons. Callum Mills is my M2. I've actually also got the Bont and Jack McRae, and I predict Jack McRae has a big. I don't even want to say bounce back because we were disappointed in him last year, but he was still like the sixth highest scorer in Supercoach, averaged 115.2. So he's a guy who, with Dunkley leaving, I think is going to benefit. And then M5 at the moment, I've got Zach Merritt, who just gets it done every single year. And he's not a particularly popular starting selection, but he just gets it done. Uh, we should note now that Sam Walsh having back surgery, uh, so he'll miss the first at least few weeks of the season, which is an absolute bummer but means he's definitely not someone we should be selecting. Uh, Josh Dunkley, what are your thoughts on Josh Dunkley? Uh, he's in my forward line. He's F1 for me. Very good. Love it. Okay, let's talk about some potential value picks in this space. I've seen a few people running like a Hugh McCluggage in their midfield, which to me is probably, I just don't see it. I don't see where the points come from him, but Luke Davies, Uniac just signed an extension and is a popular sort of semi-primo selection. Well, yeah, and his end of the year was great. I think um, he was in the top averaging midfielders for the second half of the season. So he's one who had a slow start to the season but burst out of the blocks after the bye and came home with with, with a wet sail, I guess you would say. And he's one along with um, Chad Warner that people really wanted to keep an eye on and really consider for their teams this year. I don't know what he will be like in an Alistair Clarkson team, but I think that he is their real ball winner, their big bodied ball winner now. But I think Ben Cunnington kind of takes a back seat. Yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see how that goes. You mentioned him, Tom Mitchell, a guy that I think will end up in my side. Last year, average 96. The years prior to that, 117, 113.5, 129, 118.9, 104, 104.5. Comes in priced at 528,600 and walks into Collingwood and probably becomes immediately the engine in that midfield. Yeah, and Collingwood weren't missing a clearance machine because they had Jordan Degoe, but when Jordan Degoe went into the midfield, they kind of lacked that 
that spark in the forward line because they don't really have a key position forward. Now they do with Dan McStay and some other players that they've picked up through trade, free agency and draft. But I think if Jordan Dugowie can remain forward for Collingwood and allow Tom Mitchell to get to work in the centre, there is every chance that he can average up above, up up around 105, 110 for the year, which is enough to settle him into your M8 position long-term. Yeah, what we should be looking for at this stage is players who we think have upside on their starting price, and I certainly think that Tom Mitchell has upside on his starting price. Uh, There's quite a few players that I'd like to mention, Damo, but they're all forward eligible, so I might save them. So we get to the forward line. One player that I've not seen in a lot of teams is Jack Steele, who is priced at $604,400. He averaged 109.8 across 18 games in 2022. I'm not as bullish on and on him as others. I do think that he is underpriced, but I don't think he is underpriced as much as other people believe. In a Ross Lyon team, he loves to put his best tacklers forward of the ball. So I don't think Jack Steele follows the ball into defense. I think he's one of those players that will meet the ball up forward and create pressure to leave it in the forward line, keep it in the forward line for St. Kilda. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm not going to put a number on what I think he will average, but I don't think the upside is as great as what others as what people are believing. Yeah, I think this is probably just at this stage a couple too many question marks over Ross Lyon and how he plans to uh, roll that lineup out for me. So I'm happy to avoid him at the moment. Um, quite a few rookies we can look at. Damo in the midfield, we got Ashcroft, Wardlaw, Elijah Hollands, Will Phillips, who's one who missed last year, Harry Rouston, who I think is going to play games for GWS. Connor Blakely, who probably isn't going to play most of the season, but certainly looks like he's going to play early in the season. Yeah, and Connor Blakely is the kind of player and has the experience that he can come in and probably average 105 straight away because he's got that experience, got the big body, got got that kind of game in him to be a good super coach asset. Yeah, for 100%. Um, guys like Charters, McKenzie... Jai Clark, if if they get named, obviously we're going to look at them as selections. But Connor Blakely particularly excites me, particularly for that first block of, I don't know, let's say six games next year. I just think he's going to be a really solid contributor, especially at that price. And then down the track, if a guy like Jasper Fletcher gets a game, we can trade him in without too much stress. But I think I think we're going to want to go pretty heavy in the midfield this year. That's my gut. It's going to be sort of a guns and rookies midfield because a lot of the stepping stone players, Damon, are going to be available as forwards. Yeah, and I've seen stacked forward lines to begin the season, and I kind of understand why, but I think people are forgetting that a lot of the players that we finished our teams with last year actually gain forward eligibility throughout the season and were traded in. So you want to allow yourself to have those stepping stone players available to move to a stronger selection. Yeah, which is fair enough. So let's look at a couple of step stone, stepping stone options in the midfield. 
Jacob Popper and Dom Sheed have jumped out early as players that people are looking at. Both averaged 67 last year. Both have a history of scoring a lot higher than that. Both priced at $332,000. Do you have a preference or do you have any interest in either of these players? I think I like Hopper more than Sheed, but I'm not I'm not enamored by either of them. What yeah, I I, I haven't selected either of them. I'm happy to corrective trade to them if required, but at this stage I just don't know how the points are gonna get spread at Richmond and the upside of Dom Sheed probably doesn't excite me quite enough. One guy who I've secretly just got a little tab on is James Warple, who's been really bad for a couple of years in terms of super coach, but we know that he has averaged up around that 100 mark, and he's, I think it was his second year. With Tom Mitchell leaving that side, there is an opportunity for James Warple to play as an inside mid, which is where he scored his points. I'm not suggesting him as a selection. I'm merely adding a tab to him for... A further tab to him is there's no Jager O'Meara either. Well, that's the other one, Damo. That's a great call as well. They've had two really solid midfielders come out of that midfield. Obviously, they've gone to the draft. They've got a couple of really strong, talented players there. They also grabbed some last year. But there's an opportunity for a, um, you know, Josh Ward, James Warple, Connor Nash, whatever you, whoever you want to say, play in that midfield. Yeah, and if you go further down the list, a little bit cheaper. There's also um, the likes of Sam Flanders as well, um, Jackson Mead, um, Finn Callahan as well, the Giants, who could have big, big roles earlier in the season as players recover from injuries. Agreed. Um, let's move into the ruck line now. I think we've covered off on a lot of the initial names that are coming off the page at me, Damon. The ruck line is interesting. I'll just say who I've got in my ruck line and we can discuss the other options there. I've got Sean Darcy, Brody Grundy, and Max Heath as my current ruck setup. That's not who I expected you to say. Um, Sean Darcy's an interesting one. I don't know if he's going to be as good as people think he is going to be. I think how good he is will depend on the matchup. Um, I was speaking on the Centre Bounce YouTube channel the other day about this. I don't think that Sean Darcy will score 120, then 120, then 120. I think it will depend on the matchup. If he's up against an athletic Ruckman, I think they'll put Luke Jackson in as more of a um, as, as, as more of a like for like. If it's a Toby Nankervis type Ruckman, I think they'll put Sean Darcy in as a like for like. So there'll be games where Sean Darcy scores 40 and then there'll be games where he scores 140 and the same with Luke Jackson. I guess my issue is probably more around, I don't like any of the other options. I don't want Max Gorn with Brody Grundy in the team. Brody Grundy is going to be the better Ruckman of the two. Jared Witts at North six, of North of $600,000. Is not something I'm willing to invest my cash into. I know he played 22 games last year. That uh, has been an anomaly in his career. Tim English, 580K is interesting. Are they going to play him as the main ruckman or are they going to do what Bevo does and toss that salad? I don't know. So 
of the top few, Riley O'Brien, Nick Natanui, Mark Witsaf, Tony Toby Nankervis, Todd Goldstein, I don't love them. So that's why it's Sean Darcy currently for me. For me, I've gone with Rowan Marshall, although I have seriously considered Brody Grundy and it may eventually become Brody Grundy. And then partnering either of them will probably be Darcy Cameron. Um, he's going to be the number one ruckman at Collingwood and he's probably a little bit underpriced because of a slow start when he f- came into that team. So even if he's not a keeper, he is someone who is probably underpriced based on what he can produce. Yeah, I don't mind that Darcy Cameron comes with ruck forward swing. He's the number one man. Rowan Marshall, for the same reasons, number one man. I really like Brody Grundy. I think if you can get Brody Grundy at sub 550k, I just think he's going to pay you back. Depends how he's recovered from that injury, but I I think of the two, they're more likely to move Max Gorn around and let Grundy do his thing in the ruck. So that's why he's appealing to me. I've seen a couple of teams, Damo, running around with like a Lloyd Meek. Hawthorne trade him in. He's never been a huge, like he's never had enough opportunity to be a, a massive averaging player, but he can post scores. Is there any interest in him for you? I mean, he doesn't have a lot of forward craft in him. So he, if he plays, he's going to be a ruckman. And I don't know if he's going to ruck with someone or by himself or how that's going to work. I don't know if I would pick him until I know what sort of role he's going to play, but I understand why people are selecting him. Yep, agreed. Um, a couple other names I just want to note, but I don't expect to play. Kieran Strucken, the greatest ruckman in the game. Kieran Briggs is a player that I really, really like, and I think there's a sneaky chance he can make his way into the best 22. 254k, he's probably not going to produce enough for you. I just think he's one to watch. And then I've seen a few people backing in Asava Radagalia to get back into that 22 at 174,000 ruck forward. As a rookie sort of throw at the stumps, is that someone you would consider? Well, Geelong really didn't want to trade him because they were adamant that they had a role for him next season. And so does that mean that Mark Blitzarbs becomes their main ruckman and Asava Radagalia plays that role down in defense like he was doing in the VFL towards the end of the year? Or do they actually want him to play in the ruck for them? And and, and now that he's got a bit of defensive nous to him, he was, he's going to be better at that. I don't know. At 174K, if, if he's playing, then why not? But I I don't th- I don't see the selection um, the merit of the selection at the moment. No, me neither. We'll see a lot of teams with Jack Williams, Isaac Keeler, and Nick Madden running around as that loophole. But for me, I'm trying to find someone who's going to generate some cash off the bench. Let's jump to the forward line because it's very interesting. The top 10. Can we quickly just go back to the ruck line? Players that could play early. Um, Liam Reedy, a mature age ruckman for, um, drafted by Fremantle in the rookie draft. He's He was drafted as a ruckman but has been playing forward and training with the forward group at their training. Takes big marks, has a good set shot, could possibly play in a hybrid Rory Lobb kind of role. Hamish Free is another mature age 
player that was recruited to North Melbourne out of South Fremantle. He is another one who could possibly push Goldstein or Cherry out of the team eventually if they decide to go down a younger route. Yeah, I like Hamish Free. He's a real brute of a human and averaged about 750 hitouts this year. So he's, uh, he gets his points from, from bulk hitouts, and I tend, to, I tend to like those players. The forward line, here's your top 10 in terms of price. Damo, Josh Dunkley, Stephen Ganigliog, Isaac Heaney, Zach Butters, Dylan Moore, Tom Hawkins, Tom Lynch, Connor Rose, Z, Tim Taranto, and Jeremy Cameron. Forward line's an interesting one this year. Well, Tom Hawkins is is there again. He's always there. He won't, And once again, this won't be the year that I back him in, Damo, but uh, he's always there. He has some lean patches throughout the year, though, that really makes you wonder what's happened to him. And then you see all these names on a page and you see what they average when the team picker comes out. He's always there in the top 10 somewhere. Some years he's 10th, some years he's 3rd, this year he's 6th, but he always gets there and it's all because, it's just because he's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, though, if you just went and picked good players, you'd probably have a good super coach team. Yeah, I mean, I've d- I haven't done anything special with my forward line. I've gone with Josh Dunkley in the first position there, and then uh, I like the look of Connor Rosie and Tim Taranto as well. So they're my main three up forward, and then and then I'm sure we'll talk about some mid prices and rookies later on. But those are the three that caught that catch my eye as probably the best options in that top ten. Dylan Moore did catch my eye as well, though. At this stage, I don't have Dunkley in my team just for the the reasons I've I've mentioned around Brisbane. Just want to see how that pans out. I do have Stephen Ganigliog. I think this year he's going to be a champion data favourite. He probably won't end up staying in that team, but I just think he's going to be a player that um, gets a lot of points, steps up while there's some vacuum in that midfield uh, uh, with the departures of guys like Taranto and Hopper. Heaney, I'm avoiding. Dylan Moore's in my team um, right now. Will he stay there? I'm not sure, but 521k, I do think there's upside to him. And then Connor Rosie was one of my first picks. I picked him up last year after I saw him live playing against the Blues, came in and played midfield that second half and scored about 100 points in half a game of footy. $513,000, average 93 last year in the end. He is in my side, and he's one that I'm pretty confident in. And then of the other, like, around 500k players, there's not a lot, of, a lot I love, but Tim Taranto. He's one that is going to be one of the highest-picked players this year. Yeah, and a big surprise that he held on to his forward eligibility because we thought that he had spent enough time in the midfield at the Giants to lose that completely. So he must have spent time up in the forward half of the ground later in the season to bring that percentage back up and take that position back. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's not a great-looking position again. I mean, Errol Goulden is there at 472k. He's one that... I was about to mention him, Damo. He, he's, he's one that could explode out of the blocks this season. We, we all knew, knew, saw how he went uh, as a rookie, getting those hundred, those back-to-back hundreds in his first two games, and he tapered off, but he was still a pretty serviceable player. And then last year, he had some real special moments and some real special games, and this year is the year that he strings it all together and becomes that premium option for us for Sydney. Yeah, I'm big on Errol Goulden this year. I, I'm not sure exactly where the 
upside comes from. He averaged 85 points seven last year, but I, I just think it's in him. I just think he's really talented. So certainly one that at this stage I'm, I'm looking very closely at. There'll be a few names that float around like a Jed Anderson just because he's moved clubs, not convinced that he's going to play every game for Gold Coast. Ben Cunnington is one that I like. I know you're not as hot on him, Demo, but at $419,000, I just think they're going to they're gonna lean on him pretty heavily through that midfield. I think his price even surprised some of the boffins that were writing price projections before the team picker came out. The Herald Sun was talking him up as a potential rookie-priced option because he only averaged 49.5 across two, across two games last year and then missed a lot of the season before I don't, if, if he did play at all. So I think the pri- this price has come for, has been a little bit of a champion data special um, to put him at this price, but... Yeah, at that price, I don't know if I like him as an option. Um, he is probably underpriced, but we don't know how he's going to perform in that new Alistair Clarkson team and how much time he will get in the midfield. Well, if we go through, I just think the upside's there. So what is he? He's, he's getting older. He's, what, 32, but he's in this team for 2023. His average is going back. Last year, two games, 49.5, right? Not great. Previous year, 108.7, 102.3, 102, 96, 91, 80, 92, 90. What I'm getting at is that if he if he goes back to averaging 90 at 420K, that's that's value. And to me, he's one that I'm I'm probably gonna lock away. It's an awkward price, happy to admit that, but he's just I just think um we talk about players in previous years that have come in at a weird price, but gone on to be keepers. He could be uh, your F6 and you wouldn't be unhappy. Um, but I also understand that, you know, he's had a lot of issues with injury and health and that that is a, a risk to select him as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to find a way into my team at this stage. Things can change over the next couple of months, obviously, but I don't, I don't think he's going to find his way in. A couple other mid-prices that people might be tempted by. Um, Jason Horn-Francis is 348-800. Maybe he gets a bit of a boost playing in his home state. Uh, then you've also got the likes of Nat Fife at 313-600. He's one that, even if he only averages 90, he's a bargain and who knows what he could be with a full preseason. Hasn't missed a session yet. Oh mate, he's hashtag five is life. Um, I, I, I love I love him as a human. I love him as a player. I love anyone who can pull off a walking stick, um, and Nat Five can do that. Concern is obviously over health, but he's going to be one of the highest pick players this year. He's going to be one of those guys at coming in at three hundred and thirteen k that if you don't jump on and he fires, you're going to be left in the dust. And if you do jump on and he fails, guess what? Everyone else has him. So I think he's almost going to be that. I think every year there's one pack pick that you kind of have to put in. I think Nat Fife's that pick this year. Some other players, Taron Thomas is another one. Is he going to come back and fulfill his potential at North Melbourne? I hope Uh, so. I started him last year, Damo, and he stuffed me. James Peatling is is another one that had a bit of a role change towards the end of the season for the Giants, will he remain in the forward line 
under Adam Kingsley. He's one that I think could potentially average about 80 to 90, given the right role. Um, and then you've got Ollie, Ollie Henry as well, who made the trip over in the trade period to Geelong. How m- much will Geelong use him? And is he a good option? Uh, that's a good question. I, I never know how to answer questions around Geelong with Amo, so I'm probably going to skip right past it and start talking to you about 200K players. Uh, I'm just going to list through them, and you can let me know if any jump out of you. Orazio Fantasia, Harry Sheasel, Toby McLean, David Cunningham, Tom Berry, uh, Van Ruin, whose first name escapes me, Ben King at 176K, couple of names popping up, Damo, that should generate us at least a little bit of cash. And you didn't even mention Toby McLean. Uh, I think I did, but I think I skipped past him. He's my lock of the year. He's absolutely he's he's, he's locked in. I've got I've got Jacob Van Ruin as well. Fergus Green is one who was signed. Fergus Green's a good one, yeah. To Hawthorne. He kicked something like 57 goals in 19 games or something ridiculous in the VFL. He's going to come in and probably play that Jack Gunston role for Hawthorne, you would imagine. Uh, Tom Emmett, I'm keeping an eye on. Mature age forward um, drafted by Fremantle. Luke Pedler had a great final series for Adelaide in the Sandville. He is another one to keep an eye on um, David Cunningham, especially with Sam Walsh now out of the team is a big chance to come in and make an impact, especially early on in the season. And Josh Corbett at $163,000 Fremantle have gone after him. I don't know if he is in the 22, but 163 K, if he can fight his way in, he's one that we could certainly have a look at. And probably another name that probably not, Superly associated with Supercoach scoring, but Josh Bruce at 161k has some interest. He he's going to be in their best 22. I'm not going to pick him, but he's going to be in that best team. He's going to have some games where he kicks about 10 10 goals off three disposals and scores 100, and then he'll have games where he scores about 20 off 20 disposals because they're all turn, turnovers. So it's all going to be about pouncing at the right time when his break even is in the negative so he at least can gain a little bit of cash off him. Yep, it's going to be um, an interesting watch. If you can get him on the right week off the waiver wire in your draft, uh, he'll give you some value. And another guy I've seen in teams that I won't be picking is Anthony McDonald, Tippin Woody at $209,000. Just just don't say it. Just do not see it at all. Yeah, as a, as a small forward, he could score you 10 or he could score you 110. And considering that he's coming back, coming from a long way back, who knows what sort of player he will be when he returns yeah. to that Essendon lineup. We didn't even mention like, Aaron Cadman, the number one pick, undeservingly. I mean, he deserved it because he got picked there, but you know what I mean. Um, and Jack Carroll, who now all of a sudden has an opportunity to play in the Carlton team. So when you said at the start of the pod, uh, you're not going to be overstacking your primos in the forward line demo. As we've gone through the list, I think there's plenty of mid prices, plenty of rookie price players, players that have been out from injury, and a couple of guys that might jump up that are also rookie price. So I'm kind of with you. I think me personally this year, and it might change, but me personally this year, I think I'm stacking the midfield to start, which is not historically what I've done because I think generally that's where you find the rookies. But it looks like we're going to have quite a few rookies up at the uh, both ends of the ground. 
Yeah, I think this year rookies will kind of come back into the floor a little bit with COVID. Everyone exhausted their whole list to try and get 22 out there every single week. Now that it's kind of gone back to normal in in air quotes there, um, teams will start to teams have started to, you know, look at the draft as ways to top up their list rather than looking at state leagues to get ready-made replacements and top-ups for the seasons. Yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. I think for sure nailing these cheaper players this year is going to be the the focus. We're going to have heaps of trades, heaps of trade boosts. We're going to be able to cor- make correctives, but I think nailing those cash generators at the start and not getting stuck with ones that are zeros on your bench, which we do every year because a rookie in the first game, Carlton versus Richmond, he's going to score 100. Everyone's going to want to loophole it. I think it's really important that we nail these selections and use live players this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, last year people were chopping and changing their teams throughout the round and maybe that's the way to go to get the, the best score of round one. But another thing is you're making your team for the entire season, not just for one round. And so you've got to be prepared to kind of ride some bumps as as as, as well as some some lows. Agreed. Well, Damo, I think that'll wrap us up for this uh, very merry podcast. Thank you for joining me, mate. I hope you have a very good uh, holiday period. Yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, I hope you uh, you have a good Chrissy with the family and a good New Year. Yep, I'll, I'll I'll certainly enjoy some time off work, and the content won't stop here, folks. There might be a slight lull in the AFL podcasting space, but. There's going to be stuff on the website, so make sure you go to jockreynolds.com.au and check it out. The BBL stuff's happening. Damo, we haven't even mentioned that you and Az are absolutely dominating the competition. No surprises there. It's all going very well, and your trade guides are going nuts. People are absolutely lapping them up. Yeah, um, I mean, we haven't been able to get a podcast underway because the rounds are so fast-paced, but... We've been putting the trade guides out to help people manage their teams as best as possible, and um, it's good to see them getting such a good reception. No, it's great. It's great to have on the platform, and it's great to see you guys succeeding so well. All right, that'll wrap it up for the podcast for 2022. It's been an awesome year, folks. I think this is going to – I think the other podcasts have been labelled as last season's podcast, so this might be the first official 2023 podcast. Um, thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining in and make sure you tune in on the website. Just refresh the pages a bunch of times. Get those ad clip views up because that's what keeps us running. Head to manscaped.com, use code J-O-C-K. Get yourself or a friend or a lover a gift and send a little bit of cash our way at the same time. Thank you very much. Go Blues.